You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hi, everyone. August 12th here in New York City. I'm Ed McGrogan with Richard Pagliaro here for the Tennis.com podcast. Uh, Steve Tigner, our resident tournament previewer, uh, out this week, so we're going to take the reins here on the podcast and look at the men's and women's draws in Cincinnati. Um, you know, Richard, this event, I, I you have to, when you say Cincinnati, you have to think Canada as well. It's one of those, like, with Indian Wells in Miami, um, with the clay events, you know, these back-to-back Masters premier events are always a difficult ask, and I, and I think because of that, um, players who you might expect to do well may not do as well. It's just a tough turnaround, especially for those who make the final up north. But then again, you know, it's not unheard of to see players do well, even win both events. It's rare, but it's not unheard of. Yeah, I think you're right. You get that little bit of hangover effect, especially because in recent years, you can get that extreme heat in Cincy. And when you're coming right off a of Masters, you see some guys just physically get drained. Although I checked the weather there and supposedly they're going to have really mild temperatures this week. So so that should be helpful. Yeah, the um, that's another thing you think of is just is in Cincinnati is a fast, fast surface right. and the weather right. going along with it there. And, um, you know, we've seen that before with um, you know, Andy Roddick won here, obviously great serve. Since 2007, the only men's champions in Cincinnati are Federer and Andy Murray, actually. Um, and I actually wanted to start with Federer just for a couple reasons. You know, first, you mentioned the fast surface and Presuming that he brings his new racket over, 98 square inch head size, you know, designed to give him, I think, a little more power, of course. This would be an event where if things are clicking for him, you know, you could see more, more I think, results than what we saw over in Clay in Europe right after Wimbledon there. It, to me, Federer's early matches are of, of they're sort of must-see for me. They're very interesting to me to see how... He plays with the racket, assuming he, he, I think he will bring it over. And I think before you get to talking about, well, what would happen if him and Rafa play in the quarterfinals, because they are in the same quarter, I, I think for to see what Federer does those first couple matches, he could he will play the winner of Cole Schreiber and Marty Fish, which is a you know that's not an easy match, no matter who wins that. Um, you know that's pretty telling for him. So. Maybe, you know, what do you think about Roger seeing that, A, he didn't play in Canada also, and, you know, what you think about his chances here in Cincinnati considering his history? Well, I was encouraged his comments from, from the Cincinnati, the pre-tournament press conference, where he did say he's fit, that he's feeling better. He seems a little bit mentally recharged, so that's all good. You're right. I mean, those are two veterans he's going to hit right out of the blocks. I would think a guy like Haas, uh, who has beaten him before, would really be in a good position if that match came off. However, Haas is coming off the bad shoulder in Toronto where he retired uh, in in um, Canada. Yeah, so, so I think that kind of play, you know, that that could help Federer if he gets it going. Also, the stuff we've seen him try to do, try to come in more, work the volley more. If he's able to impose that in these early matches, like you said, on a fast surface, that could really help him. You know. Yeah, and. Um Haas, you mentioned he gets Kevin Anderson to start. This right, season. you know that's one of probably the most difficult for. Right, absolutely, there. yeah. You know any of these players, like we said, that to me that's what I want to see with Federer these first couple rounds. Um, you know, then we can, I think we can start getting into that talk of of 
perhaps him and Dahl, because I do think actually if Federer shows pretty good form in these first couple matches, I actually don't think it's past him to beat Nadal here, and because uh, this goes back to what I was saying earlier, is how difficult the turnaround is from two one-week back-to-back Masters events, because this isn't even like Miami and Indian Wells, where those are week-and-a-half events, and there is actually a fairly good-sized break between them, especially for the seated players, and Rafa obviously is you know, has trouble on the hard courts in the past, and you know, He's going to have the U.S. Open in mind, not necessarily Cincinnati in mind. He's never won this tournament. Um, so I think it would be fascinating to see, you know, not just for the the latest installment of, of their matches, but, you know, what it means, uh, you know, based on all these factors we've been talking about, him and Rafa. I agree with you. I think the one the one sort of caveat to that is Rafa's got to be sky high taking out, Joe, you know, the world number one and doing it impressively. And also, just that the he was really ripping some forehands in that match, and I just I don't know that Federer, given it's a, even though it's a faster service, I don't know if he can solve that play. You know, working with a new racket, he's ripping the forehand to your backhand. For me, the big thing will be with Federer is how assertive he is, how he plays, especially on the return games, where in some of these losses it looks to me like, I, and, and and you have to factor in that he's not physically right, but almost like he's waiting for the break to drop into his lap rather than going and going and getting the break. So I'd like to see him come out of the blocks a little more assertive on the return games mm-hmm. and then maybe have a better game. Yeah, and he should be able to, you know, at. with the racket, we're talking sure. about return game, not only sure. the power, but you're going to get more space for those returns too. So it's that's a part of the game that could perhaps even benefit even more. But, Obviously, you know, this is a tournament where he's dominated. So, I mean, it's he's if he's physically right, like he said, he's got to feel good coming back here. Although, you know, there's also the, the pressure of being defending champion, a lot of points on the line for yeah. him. Yeah, number five seed. He's actually a five-time champion here and won three of the last yeah, four. So he, he loves is, it. He loves he it He cleans up in this tournament, um, you know, year after year. So it's there's a lot to look forward to, uh, you know, no matter what happens with that obviously in that quarter there. Yeah, that's a tough quarter for the sure. Other, the other you know, opposing quarter there is where Murray is, like I said, Murray has won this title twice before. Murray, of course, as he's done a couple times in the past, went out early in Canada. Um, and so it, it, it is hard for me to imagine, considering how consistent Murray has been over the past really 12-plus months and how, you know, I think – most anybody would would put him and Djokovic at the top two of hardcore players right now. Um, you know, n- not to mention that Nadal hasn't even lost on hard courts this year. Um, but it is tough to envision Murray really slipping again with I think his Cincinnati, his Canada loss in mind. That being said, he's probably going to get Gulbis in the in his first match. He gets Gulbis or Yuzny. Um, Golbus makes the semis in in Montreal. Right, and beat and beat Murray on 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 route there too. Yes, yeah, of course, and um, and so it's uh, he could he could have a rematch of that coming right up. Um, you know, otherwise in that that's where Burdich is as well. Burdich also kind of a, a disappointing Canadian Open as well for him. Um, you know, any any thoughts on Murray? Or to me, there's not really a lot more. Murray has proven himself so well over the past calendar year, and 
I think has answered pretty much every question he's been asked um, at any surface. I, I don't think there's any. I think almost even even if for some reason this was not another great week for Murray, you know he's become a major tournament player and he's done just as well. He's done fantastic at the Open, of course. He's defending champion there. So yeah, I, I would be really surprised if Murray did not get to the quarters at least because. You know, like you said, even though Gobles beat him last year, and, and I mean last week, and Gobles is really talented, he's also flaky, and he also doesn't have a history. I mean, I know he's had great runs through qualities, but he doesn't have a history of backing up a good Masters result with another good Masters result. So if he were able to do that, and that's a tough match for him right out of the box with Yuzny, who's a very who's a veteran and doesn't quit in matches. Uh, I, I would be really surprised. I think Murray's going to go to the semis. I'd be surprised if he didn't. I think he'll be eager. I think coming off that that loss last week, he won't look past anybody. And uh, he will not. And he plays well. He plays well there. Again, yeah. No, he, he won't. Yeah. And you know, look, Gobas had that mini meltdown against Roundich, where the you know all the double faults in one game. I mean, Gobas is really talented, but he's he's a flake. He's unpredictable. You don't know what you're going to get from him. Um. The, the other half of that is where uh, this, the top four seeds are Djokovic, Gasquet, Ferrer, Del Potro. Um, Djokovic, he has actually, it's hard to believe, has not won Cincinnati before. Yeah. It's actually yeah. his only, unless I look this up wrong, I believe it's his only Masters title he's not won. And that includes the World Tour Finals. Um, I would think that has to actually be uh, a little bit of motivating factor to win them all. I don't even know if uh, I don't believe anybody uh, has won them all, um, unless unless I'm wrong. Because Nadal's that. never won Miami, and he's won the most out of anybody. He's never won Miami. Yeah, and it's um, you know I know Federer hasn't won Monte Carlo, for example. I I'm nearly certain that if if Djokovic does win this, he will have all ten. I, I believe is what the count really adds up to. You know they've kind of moved around since the Super Nine era and etc. Djokovic, um, you know he obviously comes off the three set. You know a great match lost to Rafa. Um, I, I do sort of like Djokovic's chances for kind of those reasons. I think he has a lot of motivation to do well this week. Um, he's done well in Cincinnati before. Like I said, he's never won it, but he hasn't really flamed out. Yeah, either. he was in the final last year. You yep, know, so. to Federer. Um, he gets he's placed in this very North American heavy yeah. quarter of the draw. There's actually six players from the U.S. and Canada. All of them are pretty good too. And well, I'm giving a lot of credit to McDonald here. Actually, five of them we know are very good. McDonald is uh, Mackenzie McDonald is, is a qualifier, uh, unranked, going to to college next year. Quite a story just to get into the main draw. Um, you know the others. You've you've obviously know Pospisil and Raonic are both in this draw. Um, I highly doubt they're going to meet. They would have to beat some. You know, have to keep those runs up against even more impressive players. And then you have Sa Query Isner as well. Um, to me, is there anything that really should concern Djokovic to your mind? Here? In that quarter, no, yeah. especially because he just destroyed Gasquet in about 50 minutes in in. Uh, 
in uh, in Canada after beating him in the final last year. I would say the one guy in that quarter, and I'm I'm not saying he's going to even get that far because every time I pick him, something happens. Is I think Query because Tipsarevich has been reeling and really struggling just to get out of the first round. If Query was able to beat him, he matches up pretty well with Roundich, assuming Roundich got by Sock, which mm-hmm. which you never know. But he you know he's beaten Roundich at Wimbledon. He has a pretty solid record against him. I. But, you know, again, with Query, you don't know because he, you know, he loses Newport first round. Schmies, you just don't know what you're going to get with him. But he's one guy, if he got hot with his serve, I could see him taking Tipsarevich is really reeling right now. And I could see him, you know, I think he matches up with Raonic. What do, what do you think about Pospisil? I want to ask, actually, um, you know, we've seen... We've seen Raonic in the past. We've talked about him in the past. We saw, obviously, a ton of him this past week. Pospisil is a player um, who has been around for a few years now, um, but has obviously never gotten to that type of hype. Um, but he is Raonic's age. Um, he perhaps might have more of an all-around game. I don't know if... Um, maybe your thoughts on that maybe just your thoughts on him overall after this past week up north it's tough for me to project long term just because it's it's a small sample i haven't seen enough of him to say but i would say that i did the racket reaction for that roundage match and i thought his athletic i mean i was impressed with for a tall lanky guy the way he moved he's a to me he's a better athlete than roundage i don't i'm not saying he'll be a better player because roundage has the huge weapon but I liked a lot of what I saw I mean he's understandably really nervous you can mm-hmm. understand why he would be I just think little things like understanding you don't have to force I mean it's a windy day the guy's trying to squeeze shots six inches from the line it's like just play you know with a little more margin just be a little I mean he was in that match. I mean third set breaker the guy could have won the match he was yeah. right there I, I was encouraged I, I thought he showed a lot of really good things and to me the the big question with young players like that you've seen Dimitrov have big spikes where he'd beat Djokovic and then the next week it's like the consistency you got to do it every every single week the good thing for him is now he's in the top 40 if he had a good result here he could push for an open seating I don't know if that's going right. to happen here but I, I I was encouraged what I saw from him and I think his attitude he seems like a worker he seems like he has a real good attitude I think he's he's got a future for sure and I, I think one other good takeaway from this weekend up in Canada is that we should be in store for quite a Davis Cup semifinal time right, when Canada plays right. Serbia. And Troitsky's uh, out, and like I said, Tipsarevich is... Yeah, I mean, and um, in Canada, I'm pretty sure um, that semifinal tie, and, you know, with the t- with with the performances of Raonic and Pospil this past week, you have Nestor, of course, too, and, and, you know, you get Djokovic on the other side, who... You know, I think will play that even after the Open. I think no matter what he does, I think he will play that. He's already committed to a few of their ties this year. Um, that's a great tie. Oh, that's a great tie. you got to be super thrilled. And I think this week Nestor could get his 900th career doubles. I mean, Nestor's wow. a really, really good player. He yeah. doesn't get a lot of attention, but he's he's yeah. real good. Um, last quarter of the – this is really the second quarter, but we're kind of bouncing around. This is where Ferrer, Del Potro are, also right. Janowitz. Um, so Golgopolov already out, beaten by Harrison. Harrison will play Ferrer. Right. I wonder if, like, this is maybe Harrison's, like, he's so due for sort of just one of those matches, I think, to go his way. He's a player who I inevitably runs into a top seed almost all yeah, the time he, without he really fail does. at a slam. He really does. He'll, he'll, he'll run into Nadal or someone first round 
at the open or something. It's just, it's just kind of his luck. Um, I think that match with Ferrer is nice with him. We'll see where that goes. And um, Right, and if there's ever a time to play Ferrer, now is it yeah, because he's exactly. coming off that break. And, you know, Harrison's played a lot, even though he hasn't gone deep. You know, he's played he's played a lot this summer on hard court. So. Yeah, and, um, you know, perhaps that's another that's another opening for Janowitz. He's, kinda, he's in that little eighth of the draw there with Ferrer. Now Harrison, Tursunov, Klezan, Blake. Um, that might be Janowitz's... His, his, run to the quarters there perhaps and you know I think I think for me you put Del Potro you know in the quarters as well um it, you know so much talk of Del Potro coming in and you know this is a, this is a great hardcore player um and I, I think I think the talk is going to kind of be revved up for him again after this week I think he is in a certainly one of the best quarters of this draw to be in um and I think his uh I think his play this summer will pay off at some point. You know, we obviously saw what he did at Wimbledon against Djokovic, nearly uh, beating him there. I think Del Potro could do very well this week. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's Del Potro's quarter. I would love to see Janowitz against Ferrer. That would be a rematch of the Paris Indoor Final, and Ferrer handled him pretty easily in that match, although Janowitz is much more, I think he's refined the rough edges. He's much more confident and even in, even though it's less than a year, much more complete player than he was then. So I would I would love to see that match. And look, Janowitz gave he gave Rafa a really really tough match in Canada. Mm-hmm. He was right in that match and he was fearless. I, I mean, I wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if he was able to get to that quarter. But uh, I, I like Del Potro on that quarter for sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Djokovic wins this all. Um, I think I, I think his half is first of all pretty nice. I think he has a ton of motivation to do well. Like I said about his history in Cincinnati. Um, and I think I'd love to see him play Del Potro again for sure in the yeah. semis. And, oh, that would be that would be classic. And yeah. I think it's um, I think the opposite half is a, is is a tough one to call where that ends up. But I, I do think Djokovic will win this uh, come next Sunday. Um, I would and, love to see a Nadal Murray semi just because you know Murray you know winning two of the last four majors being really in form. I still think Rafa has his number. I mean, I I know it sounds hard. Murray's a – Rafa, like you said, he's undefeated on hard court this year. It's amazing, I, yeah. I, I really think he could pull that off. If he got to that point, although like you said at the outset, he's – you know, it's so it's hard. Really, it's so hard to back up Canada the, with Cincy. And it's a different – it's a faster surface, which yeah. which might not be to, to his advantage, although I like the way he was moving around his return positioning. And I, if he serves like he did in – I mean, the guy served like 70% almost the whole tournament. I think he served 75% at the end of that – the end of that um, – uh, Djokovic match. So if, I think if he could serve to that level, he'll be very, very dangerous. Yeah, you, I do like uh, what you say about Murray. They're getting he'll have some reprieves with a little bit of rest. Right. And I think the and Murray's been there, so he's acclimated yeah. to the sir. He's been there practicing and stuff. So that that helps. Yeah, and I think this is you know one last thing about the men before we go to the women is that you know with the the three slams thus far split between um, Rafa, Djokovic, and Murray. I think this sets up so well going into the open as really, as many people have mentioned, kind of the tiebreaker, if you will. Right. For I mean, certainly Federer is is not out of the question, and we have Del Potro as well. I think you know those two. You're obviously never going to not count those in there, but but this really is setting up to be kind of the uh, you know 
the overtime session for those three. And I think you hit on it exactly right on Djokovic is that he is the world number one. He's got the leap, but, you know, look at some of these tight matches. He's coming up short recently, and I think mentally that's got to play on your mind. I mean, he was basically behind. I mean, even though it was as tight as you can get against Rafa, you know, he donates that first break. He was playing catch-up basically most of the night, you know, in that match. And I think sometimes when you get to, you know, you look at the stats when he plays Murray or he plays Rafa, it's two, three points in the total points that they play, and he's not getting those tight points. Now, you wonder if mentally that's going to catch up to him, but it could work the other way, and I think it might that he'll just be so, you know, sort of refocused now. Djokovic actually has not won since Monte Carlo. Yeah, which uh, is amazing. April, it's been a while. For obviously, you know, relatively speaking, of course, and uh, see, he had, although you look at even Roland Garros, he could have won that match. You know, he yeah, was right. Yeah. He was knocking on the door there. Yeah, he's know? certainly been in everything, um, but he actually only has one title since March. Yeah, which is pretty surprising for the number one. Ben. And Rafa's got eight titles and you know ten finals and eleven tournaments. Yeah. I mean, and that's a huge confidence when you just win. You're finding a way to win. I mean, that's a big, big thing. That's what he's doing right now. Right. Um, Speaking of finding ways to win, um, you know, there's Serena, of course, and she's won, I checked the numbers today, 44 of her last 45. Um, I believe she is. And the 50. match she lost, she was up in that, in yeah. that match that she could have, you know. I believe she's 54 and 3 on the year. Um, I may have that number wrong, but, you know. At, the, at that stage, it's it's pretty tough. To she's uh, she's scary right now. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a good way to put it. Um, she gets through Canada uh, with the title. So stay in the final off of pretty little resistance there. Um, her tougher match was against Radwanska in the semis, um, straight sets, but a close one. Um, Serena, actually, speaking of history in Cincinnati, Serena's history there has actually not been great. Right. It's, um, she, you know, before this was in the past four, four or five years, it's really turned into that premier. I don't even believe it's a premier mandatory, but it, it's added some significance. And in her past four years there, third round didn't play second round quarterfinals. Last year was a quarterfinal against Kerber. Right. Um, that was pretty much the only blemish in about six or seven months for her. Um, she's so, you know, this is not a tournament where Serena comes in with unbelievable history, you know, but does that really matter to you? I mean, considering how she's playing, you know, there's a possible, there's, you know, coming off Canada, is there a letdown factor? But does that really matter to you at all, judging on how she's playing right now? No, it really doesn't, because I look at it like I think I saw every match she played in Canada, and she did not play her best, and she still only lost like 22 games the whole tournament. Yeah. Now, you could say, hey, Sharapova wasn't there. She didn't face Vika. Come on. if Shara, Even if Sharapova's there, you think Sharapova's going to take more than eight games? I mean, to me, like, that shows what Serena's playing against herself sometimes. I mean, her level is so high. She didn't even play by her standards, her best tennis, and she just decimated, with the exception of Radwanska, mm-hmm. everybody there. I think last year, the Kerber match, I watched that match. I'm not going to say she gave that match away, but it was almost like she was looking. She didn't want to have that streak and going. I think she wanted a little reprieve before the Open and just kind of mentally mm-hmm. reset. Uh, I, you know, 
I think she'll be hungry. I think she'll be motivated because she her serve wasn't really clicking in Canada the way that it can, and I think that's going to be something well, that she's going to want to. But with her, I mean, the serve can click in in the course of three games, in the course of, I mean, she can really find, not that she served poorly, it just wasn't what it usually is, and I think that's going to be, especially on the second serve, something that you're going to see her really try to get to get going uh, in Cincy. It's a, um, it's a pretty, it's a big summer, I think, for Serena. She's made mention talking about how yeah, she didn't win the Aussie or Wimbledon, and she said flat out, well, that's, you know, I'm not, paraphrasing I'm not happy about that like right, she, you right. Know, she's had three losses here three losses two, and she's not happy with the year you know she's, she's like a, three losses two of them at the majors um some of you you, you could compare it almost to Tiger in a way except Serena's won one you know dominating these uh, the, the and remember the years where everyone's like oh Serena doesn't care about the WTA event she's just for all about the you know and it's sort of flipped where now you know she's dominating those other events and in the majors you do see her get a little nervous sometimes where it just gets a little mm-hmm. like that Lasicki match to me she got I mean Lasicki played great deserved to win but mm-hmm. she definitely got tight there there's no question yeah yeah I think uh, and you know in New York she's gotten tight like the Stos I mean there are matches where she's just gotten hurt, where she wants it so bad. Sometimes it just she just sort of plays not to make a mistake and relies on her speed more than you know the usual Serena just ripping the ball going at it. We we have high standards for someone who we should mention as a defending champion. Right, because you got to look at it from her perspective. Like if she doesn't win the title, everyone's like, "Geez, what the hell's wrong with Serena?" Mm -hmm. You know, it's like there's no other woman who has that kind of pressure that she does. And I think she was real honest in Canada talking about that. That, but. Look, she's handled herself well. I mean, to me, she's the big favorite here. Yeah, the others in her quarter, Stozer, Kuznetsova, actually play each other in the first round. Um, right, and Kuznetsova gave Serena a good match in at the French Open. It's just that she's been, you mm-hmm. know, she's had that abdominal, the back injury. I, I mean, I don't know where she's at physically, and she lost to Rosano in uh, Carlsbad. Bartoli, speaking of injury, she'll be back. Uh, she retired last week. She'll, she's the uh, other se- top seed in that quarter there. Yeah, and if you got Bartoli-Stoser, that's been a pretty good match in the past. And Stoser won a title last month. So, you know, former U.S. Open champion, that, that could be a good uh, – if that came off. Yep, yeah. Um, you know, the uh, other half uh, – other quarter in that half uh, is where Rodwanska and Lee are. I do like Rodwanska's chances a lot to do – to continue to keep that form from Canada going in Cincy here. Um, she's shown to be such a good hardcore player yeah. uh, from – no matter if it's early in the year, you know, in the hot summer. I, I think her game plays so well in the heat as well. I think it's such a tough game on on the face for opponents to handle, but especially in conditions that give her balls a little bit more speed and, you know, make it, you know, a match of really endurance in a way for her. And and she's, you know, done so well with that. Boy, she moved the ball around well against Serena. I remember Serena at one point looking over to the uh, box and saying, the ball's so low, it's not because mm-hmm. she was hitting slice forehands even. I mean, her ball, she was really moving the ball around well. And I, I agree with you on her. The concern with her is the second serve. She was getting away with from 70 mile an hour second serves, and I don't know if she's going to be able to do that. Yeah, uh, and but uh, she's playing really well. I mean, she she gave Serena a really good yeah. match. Actually, if if Levchenko played her in the second round, which Levchenko plays Panetta, that would actually be, I think, a pretty nice early test for her. And you know, obviously in the U.S. for Levchenko there, 
Um, that would not be that, that would not be a gimme by any means. But I, I do expect Rodonska to do very well here. Like I said, she has Lee as the as the five seed in her group. You also have. Um, you could have Venus Flipkins again yeah, for the second say, week in a row, Venus, you know. If Venus Williams beats Giannis Salepova, uh, sorry about that, and uh, the pronunciation there, and Vesnina Flipkins play, if you know Flipkins Venus win, Venus winning is certainly not a guarantee on her form recently, but you know they played up in Canada last week. Yeah. So it would be an, another rematch, potentially big second-round rematch, going on with that Murray-Galvis potential one there. And Kerber had a big run in Cincy last year, so it'll be interesting how she responds. She hasn't had a you know great year. She hasn't had a poor year, but she's kind of been... Yep, Kerber there as well as the nine seed. Um that's a that's a very competitive quarter for you know, plenty of reasons. There, Clay Banova is also back there too, continuing um, her comeback. Um, but I, I think you know, even if it's a, another Serena Wadwanska, it's you know, it's obviously nearly impossible to pick against Serena. I I really do think Wadwanska will do very well this week, and I think even if it, perhaps if they met again, I think you know her play up there. You know, that I think even even in a loss, I think that can only really help. Oh, Wanska, sure, you sure. Know, perhaps, you know, it, it's just there. Players will want to take their crack, even if Serena wins. You know, so many times players always want that test again to see how they can do against her. They, you know, they really don't have anything to lose, even a number four in the world here. So it's uh, yeah, and that second set against Serena, I mean, she was that one long game where Serena finally got up and she just went for that huge second serve and she aced her. And to me, that was a big, big mm-hmm. turning point where Serena's just like, look, I've had enough. But Rodwanska gave her a really, really good match. I'd love to see them play again. And and Rodwanska, like you said, on hard court, she's there with anybody. The um the other half, uh, this is saying hello to a lot of uh players who were not. In Canada, two in particular, you have Azarenka, you have Sharapova, and then you have the former player, Jimmy Connors, who will also be there uh, in the debut uh, with Sharapova. Uh, He'll be in her corner there coaching. And uh, that's going to be the big story is Sharapova, you know, what to make of that. You know, when I wrote about Connors. And Sharapova, I, I think it's you know you talked about sample size earlier when you can, what you can judge a player on and and Sharapova and Connors are going to have so little of a sample size a in matches and even just taking this whole year around they're not going to have many tournaments together to you know you can do what you want in practice and all that but it's uh, I think if there's any if there's any sort of really obvious residual effect with Connors uh, this is going to be more of a long term project with her. Sharapova is kind of nothing if not stubborn too. It's, you know, that was, I think a big question of people talking about their union here as a, as a coach and player. Um, so I don't really expect much different from Sharapova. I think right. I think you're going to see more cameras panning to Connors and, and getting his reaction. I think I think we kind of know what we're going to see from Sharapova, maybe less what we're going to see from Connors, who has been outside of the coaching uh, you know, outside the coaching box since Roddick, and right. that was quite a few years ago. Right. Um, and the the interesting part with Sharapova is that she's probably her first match is probably going to be against Sloane Stevens, which you know, Sloane is probably the one of the she is one of the best unseated players, yeah, if not the if not yeah. number seventeen. I don't remember her ranking off the bat. But there's your night match clearly on Tuesday or Wednesday, and uh, you know for many many reasons. So. 
maybe some of your thoughts on Sharapova, on Connors, on Sloan, where this all goes. You know, there's a lot to discuss among that match alone. You know, I think the good thing with that partnership is that she had worked with Jimmy briefly before, and apparently she really, really liked the way he worked, and that her dad also really liked the way he worked. I think his, you know, when he came through New York on the book tour, he still has the passion. He wants to get back in the game. The one concern I would have about Connors is that I don't get the sense he's the kind of guy sitting around watching women's tennis on TV, and I don't mean that disparagingly, Mm -hmm. but I think if you watch, like, last week, Cahill working with Kirstia. She's playing Lena. He's telling her, look, every big point, you play her forehand. Your forehand to her. Why? Because he knows. He knows the strengths and weaknesses. And I think that's one area where Hogstead, one of the many areas where he was really good. He would come out in a, in a big spot and just give her basic advice where you want to play, where the, where the opponent is vulnerable. And I think that's a learning curve for Connors because I don't get the sense that he really scouts women's tennis or that he's watching opponents. And I think that you know, I think that's one area where he's going to have to get up to speed with what the opponent brings to the table. And Sharapova's thing is always like, hey, it's about me. I play my game regardless of what the other person brings to the table. But, right. you know, that little bit when you're playing a Serena or an Azarenka or players where you playing your game isn't going to get it done necessarily, that's where you got to be able to, uh, uh, you know, adjust and adapt to the opponent. So I'll be interested to see how he assesses the other players as well as Sharapova because Sharapova is a little bit like Connor. I mean, not, I mean, she's a different sort of player, but flat, hard hitter, right. aggressive, really great return. So there is a common denominator there. I'll just be interested to see what he brings in terms of the scouting of the opposition. I think that quarter, the one to watch is a little bit of a sleeper is Sabalkova because she's really put together a nice run. And I think, really, she, I think she'll take Alani yeah. out on a hard court. I think she could do it if she's not, you know, a little physically uh, depleted from what she's done in yeah, recent Actually, wow, that, that quarter is actually loaded with great unseated players. Sure, Lasicki. You got Lasicki there. Lasicki is actually unseated. Which hey, Makarova's a very tough lefty. You know, she's beaten Serena at the Australian Open on hard. I mean, Makarova, she gets a serve going. She's a tough Makarova, customer. Makarova, Stevens, Hantakova, Pekovic. Matt, that's right, a, that's and Petkovic a, playing through the qualies. I mean, she's already going to be acclimated to the. Yeah, yeah I mean that's that, a, that's very, a tough, very strong quarter. Probably. And look at Bethany. Bethany's capable of putting stuff together too, as well. Yeah, and, and that's a, that's a, such a strong quarter. Um, that will be uh, yeah. That there's your litmus test for Sharapova right off the bat because to, to even get through that is uh, is a pretty. You know, good ask. The thing about Sharapova, she usually lives up to her seed. You got to mm-hmm. give her that. When she comes, you know, she usually goes deep. You don't, you very rarely see her go out early. Like yeah, that. I actually. Although have Wimbledon, she did go out early, right? Know, so yeah. I actually have a little more confidence in Azarenka getting to the um, quarters or semis in hers. Uh, I think, in, compared comparatively speaking. Um, you know, Osrink also didn't play Canada, but she has a much easier quarter yeah. of the draw here. Yeah, there's yeah, the players. You have Kvitova as the, the top one opponent, Wozniacki and Ivanovich, who I think Osrinka should be able to handle. No matter if, if if she's healthy, she should not be losing to either of those two, especially on a hard court where Osrinka is really pretty much. Uh, has only lost has lost so few matches over the past three years practically. Right. Um, I think Azarenka will do very well this week. It, it depends on the health, um, but I think if she is if she is back to 100% health, I don't see any way she doesn't get through this. Even Kvitova, I'm I'm really kind of sick of talking about 
Kvitova getting like it's it's the same. I mean, I know a lot of players. We have the same sort of. We do try to stay away from it, but boy, it's the same story every week with Kvitova. And um, I know, tell you, I watch the end of the Kirsty and Kvitova. I mean, to let that. I mean, God, every time I think she's turning the corner, she makes a U turn and go. I mean, I love Kvitova. I love her game. I just don't I, do I, it. I just, just don't. <laughs> I just don't Save know when she wins the. I don't know where to go yeah. with her from here. Yeah. But I, you know, she's so she's so talented. She just uh, every time you think she's on the verge of it, just right. doesn't. It comes back on it. She had a really nice summer last year, winning Canada. You know, and it's just uh, yeah. I'd like to see her get to Azarenka after saying that, but you never know. I mean, then Kirstia Wozniacki, that was a good match last week. That could be a, a, a rematch. Uh, I, I would love to see Azarenka Kvitova just to see it come off, but, you know, like you said, you just don't know what Kvitova. Yeah, um, you know, for the champ here, eh, I really do sort of like Azarenka in a way. I, I'm kind of putting a lot of eggs into that basket. But, you know, sort of like Joe. Oh, do you mean to win the title? You like Azarenka? Yeah, but I, I noticed I didn't say it outright. Yeah, but <laughs> but you know, like in a way with Djokovic too, you know, having that motivation, you know, about this tournament that I, unless my numbers are wrong, Serena has not done well here at all in the past. I think she would love to a get this title here. Um, I think she would like to clean up this summer, especially in the U.S. I mean, she's. She'll have to do well anywhere, but especially at home here. I, I think she would love to run out this major season. Yeah, with a, with uh, I think she'd like to approach it like she did the clay season leading up to, exactly. to Paris, where she just rolled through everybody with a couple minor exceptions. And then when she got to some crucial times in Paris, you know, she knew she had done it already. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think Serena will be real motivated. And uh, I'd like to see that come off. I just think with Azarenka... You know, it's a pretty straightforward, you know, she's not going to be slicing. and I mean, it's going to be, she's going to come out banging the ball, and Serena likes that. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not going to really overpower Serena. That's why I thought Radwanska was so smart playing the low slices, the slow slices, bringing her in, throwing some lobs up. I mean, with Rod, Radwanska, it's a little more unpredictable, and the spins are a little funkier, whereas to me with uh with Azarenka, even though Azarenka is a better, higher-ranked player than Radwanska, when she gets to Serena, it's more of a straightforward. You know, if Serena's executing her shots, I really like her chances. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. This is uh, this is the, uh, the the audio preview of Cincinnati. Like I said, uh, we'll have Steve back for the U.S. Open previews, of course. Uh, but to break down the draws here, thank you, Richard. For yeah, a lot to there. look forward to too this week. Yeah. Good stuff, and we'll be back, uh, obviously, throughout the week covering Cincinnati. Lots of stuff on Tennis.com, and uh, we'll be back on the podcast uh, later on. So thank you for listening, Tennis.com. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.